Welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. Good morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday. It's great to be here today. So there's one service today, as you probably already know. It's going to be an awesome service. We're about to have some praise and worship, and then also the message from Pastor Stan. So right now I have a few announcements to make. I just want to remind the church here that on May the 15th, we are going to have Church in the Park. So if you don't have this flyer put up on your refrigerator or somewhere that you can remember it, make sure you do that because it's a, a different location than where we usually meet. So don't go to the old location that we always go to. If you need one, Carolyn will hand you one. Also, um, we have, this is a sign-up for, uh, this is for the sign-up for bringing something for the fellowship in the park. Uh, if you want to also bring any kind of like soccer ball, um, I don't know what all they have there, football, things like volleyball, things like that, then you can do that. But this is also a sign-up sheet for, uh, for to bring some kind of food item. And then this one is to sign up for our fellowship time from 10.15 to 10.30. If you haven't signed up on this, you might want to look and see if there's a date that you'd be willing to bring something. It looks like next uh, Sunday, nothing's signed up on there, but I'm going to bring it. So, Michelle, if you can put my name down, it will be provided by me on the 24th. All right. Well, let's stand. Let's get our service going by praying this morning, and then we'll do our offering. Dearly Father, we just love you so much. And Lord, today... Today is a reflection of what you've done for us on the cross. And Lord, I pray that our hearts will be humbled. I pray that we'll just get our eyes and our hearts focused on you today. Glorify you in everything that we do today. Yes, Lord, we're going to celebrate. We're going to do fun things today. We're going to be with family today. But today is your day of what you've done for us. Help us to remember what that day represents. Lord, we ask that you just bless the service, bless the praise and worship, bless those that are watching online. And Lord, I also ask that if there's anybody, that anybody that needs some kind of deliverance, some kind of healing, I ask in the name of Jesus that you will be there right now. I know that you are, and I ask right now that they be free from any kind of bondage that they have, any kind of sickness and any kind of disease. We break it off of them right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we look forward to hearing the, the wonderful testimonies of what they were healed and delivered from in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, today is their day of salvation. Today is the day that they were made for salvation today. So, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that all of our hearts will be be cleansed, cleansed, and as we go about the day, it's cleansed right now. Lord, we ask forgiveness for anything, anything that is not pleasing to you today, anything that we have done that's against you, against our brothers or sisters, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you forgive, that we would forgive us, and we also forgive those who have trespassed against us in the name of Jesus. And Lord, again, we ask that you bless the service in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you take up the offering, please? All right. Good morning, everyone. Here we like to do the prophetic act of bringing our offering to the storehouse. Um. Just real quick, we always know that we're supposed to give, but it's, it's really more an attitude of our heart, and we, we should want to give, right? I mean, that's, this, this is actually, to an extent, this is kingdom work, 
the kingdom operates off of our willingness to give. So for those that may need it, I just pray that that, that willingness come forth. That willingness to just come forth, that attitude to change, to understand. May there be full understanding of what you're really doing for the kingdom. This is not something that I personally take lightly. So, if you would, let's go ahead and bring our tithes, offerings to the storehouse. It's not as part of the floor down here. (laughs) Okay. Lord, it is our pleasure to give to you. And we don't give just because we know you're going to bless us, though we know you will. We give because we want to see your kingdom blessed, your kingdom win out over the kingdom of darkness. And while the devil has probably won the numbers game a long time ago, at the end you will be king of kings and lord of lords. And we look forward to that day in Jesus' name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much for the opportunity the call that you put upon our lives to be your servants. And one of the greatest ways for us to do that is to give, to do the kingdom work here. Father, we thank you for that opportunity, and I call forth your blessing upon those that give. We love you and thank you so much in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, now it's time for praise and worship. Let's stand up and spread out. Hallelujah. I wanted to start with this special video. Uh, I know you guys have seen and heard this song. It's one of my favorite. It's a very, very powerful one. Um, So just stay in tune and, uh, and watch this with us. looks that a strong armed soldier whip clenched in his fist laced with chips of bone they beat him hard from his shoulders to his feet and it sliced right through his olive skin just like razors through a sheet countless times the blood splattered as each inhuman lash was given several times his knees gave way as his flesh just hung like ribbons Then surprisingly, he turned his head, though the words he used were few. The soldier's face turned pale when he said, This blood is for you. Uncaringly, they tossed a garment across his weakened form, and his blood pressure fell deathly low as the crowds began to swarm. They forced him to carry his cross uphill as his face they punched and smacked. While the splinters from the crisscross beam dug deep into his back. Through lack of sleep and dehydration, his tongue began to swell. And weakened by his loss of blood, this prophet teacher fell. When he 
did some blood splattered on a man named Simon Shoe. And as he bent to wipe it off, the prophet looked and said, Simon, this blood is for you. This blood can save the soul, heal the sick, mend the heart. This blood can give you access to the very throne of God. And it still can go the distance through the pain to where you this blood is for you.
it soothes my doubts and calms my fears and it dries and all my tears oh we thank you lord we thank you the lord blood the blood that gives me strength oh the strength oh from day, from day to day, day it will never lose its power hallelujah and it reaches to the highest the lowest valley oh this blood that gives me strength oh from day to day it will Gives me strength. Oh, from day to day, it will never lose its power. Hallelujah! And it reaches to the highest Close to the lowest valley. Yeah. Yes, the blood yes, that gives me strength. Oh, my strength. Oh, from day to day, it will never
blood of Jesus, the stripes upon his back are the reasons we are here and we are healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Wow, we joined church today, didn't we? Ooh, that was awesome. All right, you may be seated in here. We have room up here at these tables up here. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we just humbly come before your throne of grace and mercy today in Jesus' name. Lord, we just ask for your anointing in this place. Lord, we ask that you anoint Stan, this man of God that you've put here to deliver a message to us today on the Resurrection Sunday. We ask in Jesus' name that you anoint him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Give him strength. Give him endurance. And, Lord, I also ask that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying that we receive the message about the cross in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First of all, this is not Ishtar Sunday. We don't celebrate with rabbits and colored Easter eggs. That's all pagan. This is Resurrection Sunday. And Jesus, to you we, to you we say, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain and redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. This morning we say, Worthy is the Lamb to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and such as were in the sea, and all that are in them heard us saying, Blessing, honor, glory, and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb, 
And all of the congregation says, Amen. Amen. Lord, we ask that you would show us the deep and secret things. Give us revelation and knowledge of the greatest event in human history. You laying down your life and taking it back up so that all could live eternally with you. We ask you to open up the Spirit and pour it out on us, also the people watching, the people that will watch this recording, and let it be to your glory. Show us the deep and secret things. Help us to understand. Give us revelation knowledge of what you did that day in Jesus' name. Well, before I get started in the PowerPoint, sometimes PowerPoint digs into the details and it loses an overview. So I want to first give you an overview. So before Jesus, before the Father, before the light of life, before the Amen, for the I am that I am, before the yod heh vav heh said, let there be light, the Father, the Ancient of Days, the Light of Life, the Self-Existent One, made an agreement with His Son, Yeshua, Jesus the Christ, Messiah, that they already knew, the end from the beginning, Isaiah 45.10, they already knew that Adam and Eve, thank you, Lord, they, are, they already knew that Adam and Eve would fall. And so the Father already gave Jesus a book, the Lamb's Book of Life, of all of the people that he would give him to be his people. The Lamb's Book of Life, and there's a Gentile book, and there's a Jewish book. He already wrote our names in there. We're the only ones that can put our name in it. We're the only ones that can take our name out of it. So before he said, let there be light, before he made Adam, before he made Eve, before they fell, they already knew that Jesus would lay down his life. Jesus said, no one takes my life, I lay it down. I lay it down and I take it up. He had the keys as hell and death. He kills, he makes, he wounds, he makes alive. He kills, he wounds, he makes alive, and no one can deliver out of his hand. Everything is in his hand. Jesus is the righteous judge. So we already knew that Adam and Eve would eat the fruit. They already knew that one of these days he would ride a foal, a young donkey, into Jerusalem, that they would cut down the bows. They would say, Hosanna to God in the highest, because they thought that their king of kings had arrived. They didn't understand that that wasn't yet for some 2,000 years. But it was not the king of kings and lord of lords riding into Jerusalem that day on the foal of an ass. Instead, it was the Lamb of God. He was born in a manger exactly where the sacrificed lambs are to be born. And when he was born, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, which is what they wrapped the sacrificial lambs in so that they won't scratch themselves, so there won't be any blemish to them because they must be a perfect sacrifice. Then they laid him in a manger. What is a manger? It is a feeding trough for the lambs, for us. He's to be food for us. He says, I am the bread of life. They laid him in a feeding trough for lambs. He came lowly into the world. He grew up amazed all of the people in the temple with all of his understanding. 
But yet when he was riding in to Jerusalem that day, he was riding as the Lamb of God. He was riding in four days before he knew he would be arrested. He knew that they were going to put him through the most vile, most painful death that probably any man on earth has ever faced. So he went into the Garden of Gethsemane. In the West, we call it Gethsemane. He went into that garden, and he asked his disciples, stay here and pray. But they just had what they call a hammer. We learned this in Israel. It's a sweet red wine, and they let us taste it, and it is very good. But they say they call it hammer because it hits you like a hammer. You cannot keep your eyes open. And those disciples had had some red wine, and they could not keep their eyes open, but they didn't understand that the man that had walked with all of these months was about to be crucified. They didn't understand that they were praying for his life, which, by the way, I'm still continuing to pray that there is no suitcase nuke hit America. There is no suitcase nuke hit New York City, especially Times Square, especially on about or around August the 18th, which is tomorrow, August 18th of 20... April. April. Just checking to see if you're paying attention. <laughs> April 18th of 2022. We're also praying that Dr. Wu will not have any harm come to him, that the evil is put down in this nation in Jesus' name. So he went over and he prayed, Lord... Let this cup pass from me. Already he knew from the foundation of the world that this moment would come. The disciples are supposed to be praying, but they're asleep. If they had just known, if they just had, if they could have got the grip, if they'd got the revelation, he told them he was going to be crucified. He told them, even Peter, he told them, look, this night you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. He told them, but they didn't understand. They didn't have the revelation. So he's crying, and the Bible says he cried great drops of tears or sweat like blood. Now, the reason he says like it was, he didn't bleed. But the Bible says it was like blood because blood has the ability to stick together. And it makes really, really large drips. So what he was saying is he was greatly stressed, greatly. He did not want to have to go through what those Roman soldiers were about to put him through. He knew what he was about to go through. He knew it. Yet, no one took his life. He gave it. He gave it freely. This blood is for you. He prayed, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So they arrested him. Peter didn't understand. He pulled out the sword, cut off the ear of one of the soldiers. Jesus picked up the ear and put it back on the soldier. It's almost like, did you drop the set out of your ring or something? You know, just no big deal for him. The soldiers should have seen that. The blood, probably already the blood disappeared, put the soldier's ear right back on. Soldiers should have said, hold it, hold it, hold it, time out. Okay, yes, I know we've been sent by the high priest to arrest this guy, but if he can put the guy's ear back on, you know, maybe it's time for me to resign, but I'm not going to do this. But they didn't do it. 
All of this was all part of the design because Jesus knew we would need it. When Adam ate of the fruit, him and Eve fell. So consequently, death entered in. So consequently, the seed of the serpent went into them. I don't think it was an apple they ate. I think it was a grape. And I think that when they ate it, literally, it changed their DNA. There's something changed in their DNA, and all of a sudden they, their eyes were open spiritually, and they could see. They could see evil, and they chose evil rather than good. So Jesus sweat and prayed, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. The soldiers arrested him. Peter cut off one of their ears. He put it back on. Then they took him into Caiaphas. They took him into the high priest. High priest said, yeah, I approve the sacrifice. Why? Because the Old Testament said that the high priest had to sacrifice, had to approve the sacrifice. See, because once a year, they did this sacrifice. Leviticus 16, 14 says that once a year, they would bring the goat to the high priest. They would actually bring two goats. They would uh, cast lots. One goat went free into the wilderness. The other goat, that blood's that blood of that goat was put into a golden bowl. And the high priest took that into the Holy of Holies and he was commanded to take his finger and sprinkle it before the mercy seat seven times eastward on one side of the mercy seat. Now, what's the mercy seat? See, the Ark of the Covenant is the throne of God on earth. It's made of shittim wood with gold. Ron White said 600 pounds of gold was the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. So it was, is, some kind of a magnificent chair, a golden throne, probably the greatest throne ever on earth, as you can imagine. And on one side, Ron White said he found the blood of animals, goats. On the other side, the mercy seat westward, he found the blood of a man. He was the blood of one man and only one man. He said, but it was different than all other blood on earth. It was because that blood, the somatids had not died. When he took it in and they put it in, they swirled it for 24 hours in a, in, in a saline solution, they were shocked to find that the somatids were still alive because it was 2,000-year-old blood, but it was still alive. Why? Because Jesus is alive. He is our life. But he said that what made it different was he said, in everyone on earth except Jesus, he gets, they get 23 chromosomes from the man, 23 chromosomes from the woman, and then they get either X or Y, which makes male or female. But this blood only had one set of chromosomes, just the chromosome set from Mary. He said, one day they will take the camera down into that cavern, and they're going to be able to show cross hole, cross hole, cross hole, crack beside the cross hole, the blood comes down, the Ark of the Covenant was in a stone box, God cracked the stone lid to the Ark of the Covenant so that the blood dripped down precisely and it fell on the west side of the Ark of the Covenant. He said, without a question, there's going to be a time 
that God will prove his word. He will prove it. He proved it with the Ark of the Covenant. He proved it with Noah's Ark. He's proved it with the Sodom and Gomorrah. He's going to prove it with signs, wonders, and miracles. So the Roman soldiers put him through all kinds of torture. Why? Why did they torture him? Because they were trying to get him to deny. Stop it. They were trying to get him to call 12 legions of angels so that he wouldn't have to go through all of this torture because if at any time and at any second, Jesus could have stopped it. They were trying to get him to stop it because if it stopped it, we wouldn't be here today. At any second, he could have called it off. Okay, okay, hang on. I've had enough of this. And all he had to do, remember, at the highest point of the pinnacle, all you have to do is fall down and worship me and I will give you all of these kingdoms because they are mine and I, I can give them to whom I choose. Now, of course, that was a big lie. He wouldn't have given them to Jesus. But Jesus said, no, I will take that punishment. I will take it for Stan Johnson and all of the rest of the people out there. I will take that punishment. So they beat him. They pulled out his beard. They slapped him. They spit on him. And finally, they scourged him. Now, that video was pretty graphic and pretty accurate to probably what really happened. Probably that's the most accurate thing I've seen in my life about what really probably happened. And they nailed him to the cross. Now, I don't believe that the nail went out here because they hang, they hang up there. They don't die because of they were hammered, <laughs> nailed up there. There very little blood comes out. So if they're up there for three days, it makes sense to me that they would just, just pull out, okay? That makes sense, just pull right through the skin. I believe they hammered them here. You can't get off there because they had three days to squirm up there in a lot of pain. If they could get off, they would get off. So I think they hammered them right there, and then they hammered them right here. You can't get off there, okay? It was a display of pain. It was a display of humiliation. Ken Peters said that he saw in a vision Jesus on the cross, and he said he was naked. That was the way they did it. That was more embarrassment. They nailed them to the cross naked, and they hung them up there, and generally it took about three days because the way they die on the cross is not from bleeding. It's not from hunger or even from thirst. The way they die is because they... They, they have their feet together like that nail there. And what they'd have to do is after a while, the, the muscles in their arms give out. And so they have to push themselves up by their feet to take a breath. And the reason they came and broke Jesus' legs is that way he could no longer push himself up. And so he just asphyxiated. He, he just hung there and after a while, there's no way he had any more strength in his arms to pull himself up. And so he just, he died very quickly. That's the reason they, excuse me, they broke the other sleep, <laughs> get the story right. I saw some people saying, ah, uh, Stan, I did it just to see if you check it. <laughs> but they went to the other two thieves, broke their legs. But they came to Jesus, he was already dead. Why? Because, Father, I forgive them, for they know not what they do. Into your hands I commend my spirit. He gave up the spirit. He gave it up at exactly the right time. 
Yeah, no, he didn't have any bones. That, that would have ruined the sacrifice. No, he was perfect without blemish. Let me make that clear. Jesus, legs, bones were not broken. That was the other two people. So they took him down from the cross. That had to happen before sunset. Also, the reason they put him on a cross, because there's a scripture that says anybody who's hung on a tree is cursed. So they took him down from the cross. And I'm going to show you pictures here in a second. Leslie and I have actually been there. We've actually been in the room that even the archaeologists say is the real room, the real place where Jesus was laid to rest. So they laid him down there, and the people went on to have their Passover. Why? Because it was a picture of the next Passover. Remember, in the days of Moses, the Lord told Moses to tell the people to put blood on the doorposts and on the lentils, which is a picture of us putting the blood of Jesus on our heart. And anybody that didn't have the blood on their lentils, on their doorposts, that night the Spirit of God took their firstborn. Well, there's a time coming anybody who doesn't have the blood on their heart will not have life eternal. So three days later, he actually was laid in the tomb. Let me get this right. On a Wednesday afternoon, is that right? He had to be in the tomb before sundown. And then he came out of the tomb sometime after sunset on Saturday evening. Yes, I know. Mary Magdalene didn't see him till the next morning. But he came out sometime after sunset because he had to be in the heart of the earth three days, and he was. So he came out. Mary Magdalene, now let's go to that moment. So he arose from the dead. Mary went down to check on the body to put on spices and things like that. She thought she had seen a gardener. We're going to read all this here in just a second. And she said, Sir, where have you lain his body? Because it was gone. You have to remember that it would prophesy that he would come back to life. So some of the people that didn't want Jesus to come back to life had gone to, uh, oh, what was his name? The top guy there and said, Hey, you need to make it secure. We, we want to, we want to, what, who is it? Pilate, okay. And so they had a bunch of soldiers guarding his tomb. So he didn't just get have his body stolen away. Those soldiers were there to see his body did not come out of the tomb. But when the angel arrived, all of those soldiers went slain in the spirit. And then there was two angels, one at the head, one at the tail, uh, at the feet of Jesus, sitting there. Because he's not, they said that he's not here, he's risen. When he arose, there was some 500 other people that also came out of the grave on the same day, same time, and they walked all over the city. So Mary came to rub spices on the body and thought she was talking to a gardener. Sir, where have you laid his body? She was talking to Jesus. And he simply said, Mary. And she recognized his voice. But then he said something very important. He said, touch me not, for I have not ascended my father yet. Yet, a few days later, he said, Thomas, feel the, the nail scars. Feel the sword where they ran it in my sight. What's the difference? Why is it he didn't want Mary to touch him? 
but it was okay for Thomas to touch him. I believe, the Bible doesn't say this exactly, but if you add 2 plus 2 equals 4, believe what happened was he had ascended to the Father. Why? Because he had to take his blood up, sprinkle it on the copy of the Ark of the Covenant. I guess you'd say the real copy because the one on earth was a copy, the, the original, in heaven to fulfill that covenant in heaven. He also put his blood, and I believe he didn't dip his blood, he, excuse me, I believe he didn't dip his wedding garment in total blood. I don't think it was totally red. I think he simply sprinkled his blood on his wedding garment for his wedding day. Now, I'll come back to that. So then, some scriptures allude to that he may have gone down at that point and preached the gospel to those people in hell. Now, preachers tend to overdo hell. Yes, there's a part where it is total torment, where you're in the lake of fire burning with brimstone, and it's total torment forever and ever and ever. But many people that have been there come back and tell of lesser degrees of punishment where people are, how do I say, uh, they're dished out what they served in, in hell. So apparently, I'm not going to guarantee this, but apparently he preached the gospel to people in hell and who accepted it, who didn't receive it. I don't know, that's, that's up to Jesus. But then after that, after he'd gone to heaven, put his blood on the wedding garment, and on the Ark of the Covenant, after he had gone to hell, preached the gospel there, then at some point, then he appeared to the disciples. Remember they were on the road to Emmaus? Damascus? He was on the road. <laughs> they are on the road. Walking with the disciples, they didn't recognize him. It was not until the last second, and then he disappeared from them. And then... Sometime later, we're going to read this in just a second. Sometime later, about 40 days later, of course, Thomas came in, filled the nail scars, and he says, "My Thomas has said, I'm not going to believe unless I can touch the nail scars and unless I can, I can see it. Now, Jesus, or Thomas was in the best position to convince people afterwards, look, this really was Jesus because I touched the nail scars because he had checked it out. But Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those that have not seen and yet believed. So it's better for us to have not seen and to believe. Then Jesus fixed some fish, and then he arose up into heaven. When he arose, an angel standing nearby, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up? This same Jesus shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go. That's very important. Those words are very important because he left in a lamb body. He left in common clothes of the day. So if he comes back in the same way, he comes back down in a lamb body. What? I thought he'd come as king. Okay, he will, but not the next time. He comes down in a lamb body. My guess is probably wearing the same clothes. He comes down, he resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boy, boys because that is the barley harvest. They are, this takes place in the month of Aviv, A-V-I-V, Aviv. And some people spell it Aviv, it's translation from Hebrew to English. 
But the word Aviv means barley. It's the barley harvest. And that happens on first fruits. Revelation 14.1. I saw when the lamb... Oh, <laughs> back up, that's 6.1. 14.1. And lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Sinai with him 144,000, having his father's name written on the forehead. Then you skip down and it says, These are they which are not defiled with women for they are virgins. These are they which follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth. These are they which... The point I'm trying to make here... I got distracted here. These are they which were the first fruits from among men, being the first fruits unto God. They are the first after the resurrection to come up from the ground. Since Jesus, they are the first fruits of the last final resurrection. Then, <clears throat> he walks around with them for 50 days. The ascends to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, here's where I want to bring to the second part of it. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, Daniel chapter 7 says that he comes before the Ancient of Days. And there, there, then he is given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. When he goes to the marriage supper of the Lamb, we also get to go with him, all those that are blood washed. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, it's not about us, it's about Jesus. Jesus is given his wedding garment that has blood on it. He is crowned king of kings. It's his coronation. Crowned king, kings, king of kings and lord of lords. He changes from being the lamb to become the lion. From being the prince of the kings of the earth to become the king of kings and lord of lords. He comes forth and serves us for about four months. At the wedding, we only get a wedding garment. Jesus is given many crowns. Then four months later, Jesus and us get white horses. And we return on the Feast of Trumpets, and this is for him to vanquish his enemies. This is for him to turn a dark earth that his delight has, the sun has been out for 72 days by now. The earth is just about totally evil. Almost, almost, not all, but almost all of the Christians have been killed by now. This is when he blows his glory down, burns up the tears, as the glory hits us, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. We get all of our mantles, crowns, rewards, everything. Now, I'm not going to go through all of that. Now, let's go back. So as Jesus is on the cross, he knew that there would be a time, like the man turns and says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He said, I'll tell you the truth, this day you will be with me in paradise. So do they have to be baptized to be saved? No, because the guy didn't get off that cross, yet he was going to be in paradise with them. What we have to do is proclaim Jesus is Lord. That's what we have to understand. Lord, I pray that the eyes of everyone in the room and online hear this, that this opens their eyes to understand what's really going on. So one of these days, Jesus is going to return. And in that moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, we get all of our mantles, our crowns, our rewards, our garments, everything we're going to get, and that is the, the uh, judgment seat of Christ, or the Bema seat. Now, <laughs> I do have a PowerPoint. PowerPoint. Is it on? John? 
I do have a blank page. <laughs> Is that on? That's on. Okay, well, while they get the technical difficulties out. Oop, that's not it. I don't know. Okay. This is correct, though. Okay. <clears throat> so we're going to start at Matthew 26, 36. Then come at Jesus unto the place called Geshmone, which means olive press, and saith unto the disciples, Sit here while I go yonder. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy, because he knew what was about to happen. My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry here and watch with me. In other words, pray in agreement with me that this doesn't have to come. Fell on his face, prayed, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. It's not letting me move forward. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. He said, Could you not watch with me, or could you not pray and agree with me just one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So after praying, finally he said, The hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. So this happened on a... Let me get this right here. Okay, this is Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay, so Jesus was crucified on a Wednesday. He spent Thursday night, because the, the day starts in the evening there, Thursday night, so that's, let me get this right, day one, day two, day three. He came out of the uh, grave on Saturday, Saturday, here we go, Saturday evening, and then Sunday morning he was found by Mary. He saw, now let's jump to the end. I talked about this. This is when Jesus returns. I saw heaven opened, behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him is called faithful and true. Be Jesus. In righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns. We talked about that. He had a name written, which no man knew but he himself. He was clothed in a vesture, dipped in his own blood, I believe. And the name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven uh, followed him on white horses, were among them, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that's the morning star, that with it he should smite the nations, he should rule them with a rod of iron, and tread at the winepress, and the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So if you got this, it says King of Kings and Lord of Lords here. He's not carrying a sword. He is the sword, the morning star. This is a picture of him or a drawing of him on the, uh, uh, the cross. This is a picture. Can you turn the lights down in here? Maybe put the back lights on, the front lights off. That way they can see this. Okay. This is a picture that uh, actually I took when we were on one of the tours in Israel. What you're looking at here, this is an olive tree. Olive trees do let live 2,000 years. And the people there said, well, if these aren't the very olive trees that were there when Jesus was in this garden praying, they are for sure the descendants of those olive trees. Here's some other pictures. 
Now, this is the public version of the Garden of Gethsemane, but our guide took us into a private place. Now, this is the private place that most people don't get to go into, and uh, we all, our 28 people on our tour went into this private place. Matter of fact, there's a couple over here. For those of you who didn't recognize it. Um, when they were coming to the place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. Why? Because that's supposed to kill the pain. But he would not drink. Why? Because it was appointed to him to suffer all of this for all of the people's sins to be forgiven. And they crucified him and parted his garments. And they put above his head, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. When we were there, I took this picture. This is no longer there now. It's been destroyed now. Too bad. But as you can see, this is an eyeball, an eyeball, and a mouth. So it's in the place of the skull. Right above this is where they crucified the people. So this is the garden tomb where we went into, the picture there when, before we went into it. I'm having trouble changing. I see the, uh, there we go. When the evening was come, there was a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in a rock, and he rolled a great stone before uh, the sepulcher. I've got a picture of that in just a second. Now the next day they followed the day of preparation. The chief priests and the Pharisees came together into Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said that while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulchre be made sure to the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so that the last error should be worse than the first. To this day, Jews believe that Jesus' body was stolen and hidden. To this day. Pilate said to them, You have a watch. Go your way and make it sure as you can. They went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone. I'm going to show you that in just a second. And setting a watch. And at the end of the Sabbath, it began to draw on for the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled the stone of the door back and sat on it. His countenance was light, not like lightning, his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. They were slain in the spirit. He is not here, for he is risen. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. Skip on down. As they went to his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him, held him by the feet and worshipped him. Be not afraid. Go tell the brethren that they go to Galilee, and there they shall see me. Why? Because he was now going to go to the Father. Now when they were gone, behold, some of the watch came into the city, and they showed to the chief priests all that were things that were done. And when they were assembled, the elders and the ten, and they, the elders had taken counsel, and they gave large money into the soldiers, saying to the disciples, came by night, and stole him away while we slept. And if this has come to the governor's seat, we will persuade him and secure you. You know, it's the same thing the Democrats, no, I mean the same thing as they do today. 
Same thing that they do today. They bribe people to lie. They threaten them. They own them because they find that they've done something wrong. If it comes out in the public, it'll ruin them. So they took money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported to the Jews, even to this day, still to this day it is. The eleven disciples went away to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had pointed them. And when he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. That's important for us last day generation to remember. I am with you always, even to the ends of the world. So when we went to Israel, this is literally a picture of the tomb. And there was a stranger standing there that's showing you. I told him I was going to put my finger up where the iron spike is because the door was about like, as I recall, about 18 to 22 inches thick, 12 feet across, so it's a giant stone. When you roll it this way, it rolls up against an abutment right here. It just stops right there. And then you measure from here to here, and that's the length of the stone. Ron White, he saw, said he saw with radar below that that the stone is still down there, but he didn't dig it out. But from here to here. So the stone rolled to close, and then they sealed it. Well, in my younger days, I used to think they probably sealed it with wax. Well, they didn't. They ran an iron spike in. It's about as big as this bottom knuckle, and it's, I'm going to guess, like that long. So they ran this big iron spike in there, but I'll show you a close-up of it in just a second, and it's just sheared backwards because the angel was strong enough to just, he didn't pull the spike out. He just rolled the door back, sheared the spike off. This is some of the people going in. Now, another thing I want you to notice, every person going in has to stoop to go in. That's what the scripture said, that they had to stoop to go in. So if they didn't have to stoop, that wasn't the tomb. If it's not in the place of Golgotha, that wasn't the tomb. And right over about here <laughs> is the uh, Golgotha, or was the Golgotha, and that's gone. The iron spike is there. See this guy here is stooping, coming out. Another picture of me pointing to the iron spike. The rest of the people there weren't part of our group, so I didn't explain it to them, so I explained our group, okay, this is what it is. Another picture, iron spikes over here, abutments over I want you to notice right here because this is a trough where the stone rolled up. So there's iron spike, short door, door stop, path for the door to roll down. Iron spike, iron spike, here's a close-up of it, iron spike, still there. Kind of interesting, huh? Interesting? This is the abutment where the door stopped. If you look down here, you can have, this is a different picture. But the, when the door was open, it rolled this way. When it closed, it rolled this way, and then it rolled right up against this and stopped. And then they put the spike in it. Okay, see how it works there? This is the trough. That's where it stopped. That's the way they did the tombs in those days. They put a rolling door over it.
This is the plan of the tomb. Uh, angel was here, angel here. They, we think that probably his feet were here, and this is probably his head. Pillow cut from the rock, number five. Pillow cut from the rock. Weeping chamber, rough ledge. So this is, you know, he, he had a, a vineyard. Joseph of Arimathea had a vineyard, and that's the reason he was quite wealthy. Laid in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment was white as snow, and the keepers did shake and became as dead men. So the feet down here, the head down here. Feet here, head down here. Feet here, head down there. So you can see how you'd have to stoop to get in. Okay. Abutment. After the resurrection, the first day of the week came Mayor Magdalene, when it was dark to the sepulchre, and see if the stone rolled away. And so they both ran together with the other disciple, outrun Peter, and came to the secular. He, stooping down, looked in and saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. People had to stoop to get in. He is here. He is not here, for he is risen. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. His disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. As they spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were all terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen his spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? Why do your thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet. That it is I myself handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. When they had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy, wondered. While, and while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he also said to them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of boiled fish and of honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. He said, These are the words which I spake unto you, which while, which while I was with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. They opened, get this right here, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. You see, we really can't understand the scriptures without him opening to us our understanding. So when we pray, read that Bible, we always pray for an understanding like we did before here. Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. But Thomas, one of the twelve, said, Except I see his hands and the print of the nails, put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, the disciples being with Thomas, said to them, Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, stood in the midst. Okay, did you catch that about the doors being shut? Read that again. After eight days, Thomas with them, the doors being shut, stood in the midst. So Jesus came to them without walking through a door, if you catch that. Then said Thomas, reach your finger and behold my hands. Reach hither my hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing. Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Blessed are they would have not seen, not seen and yet have believed. Hmm. Okay, so here's the story of the fisherman. Now, the, the parable is speaking to us. So he said, Jesus sent to them disciples to uh, the Sea of Tiberias, 
And on this wise showed he himself. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going to go fishing. He said, well, he went forth, entered into the ship, and that night they caught nothing. The next morning Jesus comes along and says, Children, do you have any meat? They answered, No. Nah. He said, Okay, cast the net on the right side. Why right side? Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and you shall find. Meaning, we can't catch souls of our own, but if we pray and ask, God can cause us to catch souls. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw in from the multitude of fishers. Jump on down. And 153 fishers were pulled out. Why did the Bible go to the trouble to tell us 153? Right now there are some 206 nations. A lot of people think that on the day that Jesus returns, there will be 153 nations. Kind of interesting. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, which we read. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every man. So he that believeth on, uh, he that believeth and baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Now, that doesn't mean we handle snakes. That means that we understand our power and authority to kick out the devil from doing things like setting off a suitcase nuke in New York City, April the 18th of 2022. It's not going to happen in Jesus' name. And we're going to rejoice because our prayers were heard. If they take up serpents, if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then the Lord had spoken to them. He received up in the heaven to sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Confirming the word with signs following. So, if you want to have your name written in the book of life, it's as simple as this. Ask Jesus to be your God. Just say, Jesus, be my God. Jesus, forgive my sins. Also, if you want to be a part of our ministry, here's how you do it. And you do want to be a part of the ministry. You don't want to be just a wandering generality out there. Yeah, well, I kind of bounce around. Yeah. I mean, I, I visited churches from time to time. I mean, you know, I dropped in the bucket once in a while. Now, be a part, okay? You do that by going right here. Go to the website, prophecyclub.com or Spirit of Prophecy Church. Click on this. Also, click like, share, and subscribe. It helps more people to see it. And if you did just receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, send an email right here so that we can rejoice with you. Lord, we give you all of the praise and the honor, and the glory, and the power. And we say, worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, has made us unto our God, kings and priests. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I pray for the people in the room. I pray for the people online, that every one of them would keep their name in the book of life. And those people that might not have it there, would receive Jesus today. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we thank you for your resurrection power.